Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. God, my heart with your truth, the kind of love is bulletproof. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm fully known and loved by you. You won't let go. No matter what I do, and it's not one or the other. It's hard truth and ridiculous grace to be known, fully known and loved by you. I'm fully morning. How real, how wide, how rich, how high is your heart? I cannot find the reasons why you give me so much. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now I cannot find the reasons why you give me so much. I'm fully in love, fully in love, and love by No matter what I do, it's not one or the other. It's hard truth and ridiculous grace to be known, fully known, and loved by you, fully known, and loved by you. So unusual, but it's right. My God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That song just sends me always in a zone because that type of love. Child, girl, baby, darling, sugar, honey bunch, that type of love is the most amazing type of love to be loved by someone who knows you, to be loved by someone this intentionally, to be loved by just this, that, that, that's a love, to be loved by someone who does not care about your mistakes, who does not care about your flaws, who does not care about um, how many times you have to start up, like to be loved by someone that intimately, to be loved by somebody that intentionally, my God, to be loved by somebody who already knew all the stupid stuff you were going to do like that. That's an intention. See, m- most of us have not been loved intentionally. Come on, Holy Spirit. We haven't been loved with that kind of love. That's an intentional kind of love. That's not a perverse kind of love. That's not a conditional kind of love. This type of love right here supersedes all of my God. This type of love right here supersedes all other type of loves, all other type of loves. It is not based like God foreknew you, knew everything that, yeah, Nisi, that's some serious love, knew everything that you were going to do. 
Knew every mistake you were going to make. Knew every time you were going to get out of alignment. He knew all of that. And still, 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 still in the fact that he loved you this intentionally. Still, it did not, like it did not matter to him. He still created you. He still formed you in your mother's womb. He still decided that he was going to be have purpose for you. He still called you his own. That's a love. Like, that's a love. If Even if you can't conceive how other people love you, even if you cannot conceive um, how, 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 even if you've had the worst experiences for love, like this love is so, like this love is so unconditional. This love isn't based on whether I'm good or whether I'm bad. This love isn't based on a point system. This, this is not what this love is about. This love, this love keeps on loving anyway, right? This is what this love does. This love keeps on loving anyway. And because most of us have not experienced that kind of love, we just don't get it. Like we just don't receive it. We just cannot fathom it because perhaps maybe we've been loved unconditionally. I mean, conditionally all our life. And so this type of love looks like this type of love looks different. This love takes on so many different forms, right? But, but God, like God, even looking at God himself, God is love, right? My God, 1 Corinthians 13, 13 reminds us the greatest thing is love. 1 John 3 and 1 says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. That's why you have to get to know God. Like, that's why you have to get to know God as your father, and you have to get to know God as love, and you have to get to understand how much God loves you. He is not abusive father. He is not a neg negligent father. Come on, y'all. He is not. He is not that type of daddy. That is not who God is. He is not. He is not. His promises are yes and amen. He's not going... That's why it's so important that you know God as your father. Like you got to know God as your father, if nothing else. You got to know God as the beginning and the end. You got to know God as the one that sets you apart. You cannot, like you got to, you, you might need to scratch your idea for God. Like you might need to come back to the drawing board and ask Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit revealed to me. Show me how God loves me. Show me my relationship with God. Teach me how to have a different, come on, Holy Spirit. Teach me how to have a different relationship with God. Help me to understand this love for God that's not like a love for man. Like, because I think for ages and generations, we've been like, oh, I love God. I love God. I love God. I love God. And then we reduced God to this. Like we reduced God to this, this level. We reduced God to this place. We reduced God to this situation. And it's like, no, this is how much God loves you. So Holy Spirit, help me conceive and understand the power, the width, the depth of my father's love so that I don't reject it. 
right? So that I don't receive it. One of the biggest things or one of the hugest problems is because we do not know how to receive God. We don't know how to receive the fullest fullness of God. We don't know how to accept that God loves us that much, that God could be that intentional with us, that God could divinely set us apart. That's why we can't grasp the supernatural because we don't know the love of our father. We don't understand the love of our father. We don't understand the intentionality of our father. And we attribute trouble to our father when that is not who our daddy is. And we attribute heartbreak to our father when that is not who our daddy is. And we attribute all, when things go wrong, we place, we wrongly charge God. We wrongly say that, no, he is a good and a loving father. He is a good and a loving father. He is a gracious father. He is a, a an amazing father. Can I tell you something how powerful this is to me? The fact that God loved me so intentionally. He knew he knew I was going to be a single parent. He he knew he knew I was going to do things out of order. He he knew he knew I was going to rebel. He knew I was going to make some mistakes and still he appointed me and called me to preach and teach to the nations. Girl, I'm about to throw something at you. He still appointed me to preach and teach. He still said, you're still going to be my servant. I'm still going to use you. Come on, Holy Spirit. I'm still you. I'm still going to get the glory out of your life. Tattooed up <laughs> all the things. you. I'm still Lakeisha. I'm still coming into. I'm still going to get the glory out your life. Like that's how amazing God is. That, that is how wonderful he is. He still calls us unto purpose, even when he knows we're going to make mistakes, even when he knows that we do things that do not line up with his word. That's how powerful he is. My God, he doesn't even see us from the place in the point of mistakes. He sees us from the place in the point of love. So I cancel every assignment of the, of, of the enemy off your life that has been leaving you in a less than state, that has been leaving you in a place. I drive out every force of darkness that has had your, your eyes cloudy. I drive out every force of darkness that has had you so mixed up to think that God does not love you this much. God loves you this much. This is how much every assignment, every everything that's had you clouded, everything that's left you that left you in a broken state, thinking, how could God use me? Um, how can God get the glory out of my life? God is gonna get the glory out of your life because He loves you that much. He chose you. He loves you. First John. Three and one, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. The world cannot explain this to you. The world cannot give this to you. This does not come, what you need does not come from the world. The affirmation that you need, the purpose that is inside you, baby, that didn't come from the world. That's not from the world. That's from him. That's why the world has tried to Reverse it and twist it so that you wouldn't receive the fullness of what God said about you. You are fully known, 
fully known and loved by God. Can you say that over yourself today? I am fully known and loved by God and God pursues me and God loves me and God created me and God designed me in his image. My God, I don't have to be perfect to God. I'm already perfect to God. I'm already complete in God. He's just waiting on me to receive the fullness of of who I am. That's why he set order, baby. That's why Jesus, that's why he gave us Jesus. He wasn't going to leave us to our sins. He wasn't going to leave us to an imperfect place. He wasn't going to leave us out of balance. He wasn't going to leave us defenseless. My God, no. He said, I got a savior. I got one for you. I got somebody that's going to wash this all the way. I got somebody that's going to set the record straight. I got somebody that's going to intervene on your behalf. I am not going to leave you in a broken state. I am not going to leave you incomplete. I am not going to leave you without. I am not. I'm going to bring a savior. That's why your relationship, the moment, can I tell you how important your salvation is? Your, your salvation ain't just a get out of ticket, get out of hell ticket. That's not what your salvation is your salvation restored you your salvation redeemed you your salvation salvation set you apart your salvation made you a royal priesthood your salvation gave you purpose your salvation ain't just so you don't go to hell baby your salvation came so that you could have life and have it more abundantly that's what your salvation was about that's what Jesus is about that's why when you made the decision to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior all hell started to break out. Every force of hell rose up and stood up. Every demon, every principality because they knew what God had already said about you. They knew what God had already thought about you. They knew. Remember the scripture, what I man that thou art mindful of them. You made them just a little bit lower than the angels. God, how is it that you think so much how is it you think so great? How is it that you think so grand? How is it that you think so miraculous towards man? What is your what is your thought process towards man? And God took them back to the beginning of Genesis when Moses wrote to the children of Israel and reminded them how important they are in the beginning. <laughs> in the beginning, God created man and woman in his own image. In his own image, you got to get revelation. I am born of God. I am born in the image of God. My God, all this other cloudiness, all this other thinking, all this is only the enemy. He he loves to leave you in a less, less than state so that you will not walk in your authority. So you will not walk in the purity of your power. It's time for us to take the limits off. It's time for us to receive the fullness of who God called us to be so that we can walk in God's perfect will. Yes, you were born of God. You were born in the image of God. You were born in the power of God. You were created by God. You are perfect in your own way. That's why That's why I, when people start cracking ugly jokes, I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going to laugh at this. No, I'm not going to, no, I don't think this funny because this person was born in the image of God. So, so we, so if we're going to take the limits off and we're going to walk in the fullness of who God called us to be, we've got to start imagining ourselves. We've got to start taking ourselves to the word and imagine 
imagining how much God loves us. You need to go get, if, if your self-worth, if your, if your, if your value has been missing, if it's been difficult for you to determine how much God loves you, if, it, if it's been difficult for you to understand God's purpose for you, then you'd better go get every scripture that talks to you about how much God loves you. First John four and seven says, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. That's, that's the, that's the, the marker that we are like Christ. That's the marker that God is evident in my life. It's hard for me to mistreat somebody when I know how much, when I'm born of God, it's hard for me to, me to talk about somebody and dog somebody out when I know they come from God, right? It's hard. It's hard for me. Once I got revelation of how much God loved me, it became almost impossible for me to mistreat others without a spirit of conviction because everyone who has been born of God and knows God and loves God is made perfect in his image. First John four and eight, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. That's why anytime I start seeing something that's real hottie, that's real ugly. I told you we're not supposed to spiritually police each other. Every time I start seeing people bash each other, every time I start, that's not of God. That's not of God. Can I tell you even correction from God is loving, right? God draws, grace draws, grace, grace draws draw grace draws God's love draws even when I'm coming even when the Lord uses someone to correct you it's gonna draw something in you the Holy Spirit is gonna awaken in you and become alive in you and it's gonna say to you you need to correct that right it's gonna say to you that's not in the image of our father that's why the Holy Spirit is so important John first John 4 16 and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. If we would learn to rely on God's love, not anybody else's, because people will fail us. People, people will fail us. People will go away. People will fade away. People die. People go be with Jesus, right? Like that, that when we rely, when I rely on the love of the father, when I get a revelation of this is how much God loves me, that he doesn't see me filthy, that he doesn't see me ugly, that he doesn't see me tarnished, that he doesn't see my God. That is not how God sees me. I've got to rely on God's love for me. Whoever lives in love lives in God. That's why the enemy loves to come for your love walk. That's why the enemy loves for us to be in strife, in contentions, in dissensions, in lewdness, in crudeness. That's what he loves to start mess. He loves to start mess because he knows if he starts mess and we're not living in God love, then we're not acting like God. Love begets Love, love begets love. Love takes the limitation off. Love changes the situation. First John 4 and 18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Ah, ah. If we can get a revelation, this is not the reverential fear that we need to have. 
This fear, we don't love God because we're afraid of God. We love God because God is God. We love God because God is good. That's why a lot of times, most of uh, those of us that have gone to church, sometimes we went to church because of fear that if we didn't go to church, God was going to punish us. That's an act. God didn't create us to be in acts. He created us to be in relationship with him. That's why we have to come, uh, come into an understanding of his ways. We are the church. We carry the church with us. We carry the love of God in, in us. Anytime we're out of alignment with love, that's why so many things come to pull you to that place. He loves strife. He loves arguing. No, God is love. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Anytime fear is on the scene, it's because we do not trust God's love for us. My God, we don't understand. When I'm fearful about the next day, when I'm fearful about the next situation, when I'm fearful about whether or not my spouse going to walk out, when I'm fearful or not about another, whether or not my kids are going to die to the streets, no, it's because I don't understand God's love, God's love for us. How much? Because, and I believe in going to church. I want nobody to be like, well, look, he said I ain't got to go to church. No, <laughs> no, you need the assembly. You need the connection. You need to be pastored. You need, you need all of that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you have to understand that it is not by your works. I want to read something to you. This scripture, I've been stewing on the scripture, and hopefully this will help you in revelation with relationship with your people, right? This is the principles of conscience. This is Romans the 14th, and I'm reading out of the Amplify. It says, as for the one whose faith is weak. My God, Holy Spirit, help somebody today. As for the one whose faith is weak, accept him into your fellowship not for the purpose of quarreling over his opinions. One man's faith permits him to eat everything, while the weak believer may eat only vegetables to avoid eating ritually unclean meat or something previously considered clean. The one who eats everything is not to look down on the one who does not eat, and the one who does not eat must not criticize or pass judgment on the one who eats everything, for God has accepted him. Who are you to judge the servant of another? Before his own master, he stands approved. My God, he stands approved. It does not matter the circumstance. It does not matter the situation. It does not matter how off kilter they are. It doesn't matter if they're making the worst decisions in the world. That is still God's child. They still stand approved. They still deserve the same amount of chances that you get. They still deserve it. Does it does not matter? Sometimes people are weaker because they haven't been eating good food, solid spiritual food. Sometimes people are weaker because they just don't understand the spiritual side of God. Sometimes people are weaker. It's different than a weak person and a rebellious person. And so you have to begin to ask God, yes, come on, Stephanie, I choose to love. How do I deal with the weak people in my life? Because it's always the weak people that pull us out of love. It's always the weak people who pull us out of love. It's always the person that agitates us. And can I share something with you that I personally know to be true? Anytime I'm so irritated with somebody that I'm being pull, pulled out of love, they probably exhibit something that I do or something that I used to do. And so my motive or the revelation of this situation has to come from God for me to understand this is still a child of God. This person is still born of God. This person is still approved by God. So when I take the limits off, 
when I take the limits off of God's love, when I take the limits off of God's capacity to love someone else, I have to first take the limits off of how God, the only reason I treat other people like that is usually because that's how I receive in my relationship with God. When I'm compassionate, it is hard for me to treat other people because I understand, mistreat other people because I understand the compassion that God has for me, right? When I'm humble enough, when I walk in another level of humility, I understand this level of compassion. I'm compassionate towards others because of God's compassion towards me. It's hard for me to mistreat others because I don't, but when I don't understand father's love, that, that when I don't understand father's love for me, then it's very hard to exhibit that type of love towards somebody else. So then I'm going to love within limits. I'm going to love within boundaries. I'm only going to love when I'm comfortable because I've never, I don't, I, I can tell the difference between someone who understands the fullness of God's love and someone who does not have revelation of God's love by the way that they treat other people. And we treat other people according to how we treat ourselves. I can back it up in scripture. God said, love me first. That was the scripture. He said, God said, love me. And then this next part of the scripture, we take the scripture to heart all the time. We take the scripture to heart. God, I'm going to love others. You said, love you first, Lord. That's the greatest commandment. Just find the scripture for me. That's the greatest commandment. I am going to love you first. And then I'm to love others as my love myself. That's the break. That's the break. That's the break to love others as I love myself. Well, if I don't understand the love of the father, if I don't understand how merciful he is, if I don't understand how compassionate he is, if I don't understand how thoughtful he is, if I don't understand how intentional he is, if I don't get that revelation, then I'm going to have difficulty, first of all, loving myself. I'm going to be condemning. I'm going to be condescending. I'm going to I'm gonna lack self-forgiveness for myself. I'm not going to forgive myself. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to always be punitive towards myself. I'm not going to love hopes. Go 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 8. Love hopes for the best. I'm not going to hope for the best for myself. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to hope for the best for myself. Um, I'm going to keep wrong records for myself. Um, I'm going to keep wrong records for myself. I'm going to, and if I keep wrong records for myself, I'm sure about to keep wrong records for everybody else because I'm only loving you at the fullness of how I understand God's love for myself. I'm only, that's the only way I love, right? I'm not going to be patient with myself. I'm not going to act in serenity. I'm going to be jealous or envious, right? And if I'm jealous and envious with myself towards other people or when other situations are occurring or when other folks are getting best, if I feel something rise up, if I can't wish people well, it's probably because there's something that resides in me that is not like God. Right. And so if I don't have this kind of love for myself, right, this we read this all the time as love, love towards others. But if I don't have revelation of this love for myself, it's going to be very difficult for me to love you. It's going to be very difficult for me to be compassionate towards you. It's going to be very difficult for me to understand you. It's going to be very difficult for me to operate in this kind of love because I don't have this kind of love for myself. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not provoked meaning it's not overly sensitive and easily angered. If I am overly sensitive and easily angered with myself, if everything always offends me, right? If every time somebody didn't pick me or choose me or all this other stuff is stewing on the inside of me, then it's going to be very difficult for me to love someone else. 
It's going to be very difficult for me to love someone else. It's going to be very difficult for me to be connected to someone else. But this comes from the fact and the place that I don't know the love of my father. I don't know how compassionate God is. I don't know how loving. I don't not really because the minute that I, the minute that I understand who and what how God loves me and that love fills me and that love restores me and that love redeemed me and that love bought my righteousness and that and that love girds me with truth. The minute that I really have revelation of just how amazing my daddy is and just how much he looks, that's the love that fills me and completes me. And then when that love is full and complete in me, I'm able to exhibit that love to somebody else. But if I am weak in my faith, go back to Romans 14, if I am legalistic, um, if I don't understand the father's love, then this is going to be very difficult for me. I just, I just gave you the, the thing behind every broken relationship. I just gave you the cue behind every broken marriage. I just gave you the cue behind every broken thing with our parents. I just gave you the cue behind every bad boss. I just gave you the cue. It's, I tell people all the time, I can attribute your money issue to a love issue. I can attribute anything going on in your life to a love issue. You not understanding and receiving the fullness of the love of the father. Because if you understood the fullness and the love of the father, then you would set your affection on things above. Anytime I set my affection on things on this earth, on tangible things and on people, I do not understand the love of my father because the love of my father cancels out everything else. The love of my father completes me. The love of, love of my father surrounds me. The love of my father overwhelms me. Anytime I'm not set on things above, anytime I'm set, remember, go back to Matthew. Remember, whatever your eye is set on, baby, this is good to me. <laughs> Come on, Lord. Whatever I set my eye on, right? Whatever, whatever my eyes are on, whatever I have my eyes on, the eye is the lamp, Matthew 6 and 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is clear, spiritually perceptive, your whole body will be full of light. You can take the word love in there. If your eye is clear, then your whole body will be full of love. If you are set your affection on love, if love is what love is, if love is what, what pays the way for you. If you are so consumed in love, it will transform and it will change everything because there's going to be a different level of compassion, right? First John 4 19 says we love because he first loved us. Well, if I don't understand his love or the magnitude of his love, then I'm not going to be able to love anybody else. And I'm not going to be, I have to get full revelation of how well and how good and how much that he loves us. Galatians 2 and 20 says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave his self for me. I don't, I, <laughs> the revelation of the cross, the revelation of Christ. That's why I believe in taking communion often because the word of God says, do this as, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me, right? So taking communion often reminds me of what Jesus did for me. And I don't just take the communion. I take the communion and I read the word. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you were wounded for my transgressions. Oh my gosh, you were bruised for my iniquities. Oh my gosh, you were chastised so that I have could have peace. They spat on you. They lied about you. You never said a mumbling word. This is how much you love me. I can see him being pierced in his side. I can see the corner thrown 
the thorn, the thorn of crown on his head. I can see him being spat upon. I can see him, the cat and I, I can see him being bit in, bit, bit, beat in his back. Like I can see him and I got revelation and I'm like, oh my God, this is how much you love me. You love me enough not to leave me in my sins. You love me enough not to cast me out. You love me enough that you thought higher of me, that you would sacrifice your son so that I would not have to pay the penalty. And I know some of you are like, but I don't understand that. Like, I don't understand that. I love God. I get the God thing. I understand Jesus, but I don't understand that. First Corinthians 2, 14 reminds us, <laughs> reminds us. First Corinthians 2, 14 reminds us, baby, this can't be discerned by your flesh. This gotta be, see when you're born of God, that's supernatural. That's your divine nature. That not, that, that's your divine, you are divine. This is not, we've been living in this world so long. We think that this world is it. This isn't it. You live according to divine nature. That's the thing the Holy Spirit has been trying to wake up in you. That's the thing the Holy Spirit has been trying to say to you. You are not of this world. You are just here. You are here for God to get the glory. You're just here on purpose. You're just here on assignment. You are not, you do not belong to this world. You are born of God. You're not born of this. You're not supposed to be acting like this world acts. That's not, that's not who you are. The enemy has been had a veil over our eyes for so long. The minute we begin to understand our divine nature and how much God loves us, we will take the limits off. Jeremiah 29 and 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and not a future. Jeremiah 3.13, the Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with an un." failing kindness. It is God's love that keeps drawing you back to the same place. It is God's love that, that desires to complete you. It is God's love. It is his love. It is his love. It is his love. It is his love. John 15, 13, greater love has no man to lay his life down for his own friends. Psalms 86, 15, but you Lord are compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. That is why we study the word of God. We study the word of God so that we get to know God's ways, not his acts, not his hands, not what he can do for us. We get to know, we study the word of God so that we can know God's ways. And when we study the word of God to become his ways and we understand how much God loves us. I was talking to a woman of God yesterday. I'm going to tell you this and I'm going to get out of here. Since March 18th, she had been believing God for um, a new job and it just was not happening. And she changed the position of her prayer. And this stuck with me yesterday. She changed the position of her prayer. She stopped praying to God about providing for her because she got revelation. You know what? God has already told me, don't ask him about providing for me. He's going to provide for me. And she started praying and asking God to position and place her in a place of purpose. My God, because she knew the love that her father had for her would provide everything else. So, so she stopped. She said, I'm, I'm through. She said, I, I heard you say something one morning on the devotional. Lord, position me in a place of purpose, right? And she said, I begin to pray and I begin to ask God, Lord, position me in a place of purpose. Position me in a place where you can get glory out of my life. Position me in a place where you can use me. And then she sat there on that. And then she began to trust 
God with everything else. And the reason why that she could do that is because she began to understand the love of her father. So she stopped praying about selfish things, right? The scripture tells us you ain't getting what you asked for because you've been praying selfishly. You haven't been praying from purpose. You haven't been praying from, from understanding. You've been praying because this is what you want to do. She began to pray, no, Lord, position me in a place of purpose. And I know when our prayers change to moments like that, it's because we've understood how much God loves us. We know that when he says to us in Matthew 6, you ain't got to worry about what you eat. You ain't got to worry about what you wear. You ain't got to worry about what you live. You ain't got to worry about about none of that. Don't, don't worry about none of that. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and I'm going to do everything else. The only way we seek what we know, we seek what we feel, we seek what we understand. The only reason we seek other things first is because we feel like those things can fill us up. But we, if we would ever seek kingdom first, right? If, if we would ever seek kingdom first, then we would come into the revelation and the knowledge of our father. Let me give you this Romans five and eight, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Deuteronomy seven and nine. Now know therefore that the Lord, your God is God. He is faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. Those who love him and keep his commandments. When we love God, we change our prayers. We change the trajectory of what we say. But also when we receive God's love, when we understand the love of God, the love of our father, we know that he's not going to. Can I say this real quick about worry? The only reason that worry works is because you don't understand how much God loves you. If you knew that God for thousands of generations would be faithful to his commandments and to his covenant, you wouldn't worry about what you eat. You wouldn't worry about what you wear. You wouldn't worry about what you sleep. You, would, you wouldn't worry. And the reason that you would not worry about those things is because you understand God's covenant love with you is for a thousand generations and that every promise of God is yes and amen. When she told me that yesterday, I said, Lord, she, she, when, I, when I was meditating this this morning and she told me that yesterday, I'm like, God, she changed the trajectory of what was happening in our life by trusting you, by understanding your love, by understanding that if I, I, God has this. So let me be positioned for purpose. Let me be positioned where God can usually, let me be positioned. You only can talk and pray like that when you really begin to understand the love of your father. Well, you love him. You, you trust him when you understand his love and how intentional he is with us, right? And how Ephesians 2, 4 and 5, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy. Somebody say God is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. And it is by grace you have been saved. That's it for today. I think that's enough for us to chew on. My God, my God, Lord, give us the revelation of who you are. My God, you already gave us Christ Jesus. You already sacrificed your son. But Lord God, reveal to us, my God, so we can take the limits off. So we can stop, stop walking around here as if we're rogue, as if we're prodigal, if, as if we're, or we are not orphans. I cancel the assignment of the orphan spirit. I drive out every force of darkness that has tried to leave us in limbo in a place of where we feel abandoned. I cut the cords of the enemy right now in Jesus name. Father God, we need revelation of who you are. 
We need revelation of who you are, Father God. We need to understand more about your love. Father God, I thank you, Lord God, that we are coming into the, the revelation of the depth, the power, the width of your love. Your love cannot be compared to human love. My God. My God, give us, just close your eyes for a minute. Lord, just give us revelation of this. And we receive this by faith. We're not going to try to figure this out. Show us, Daddy God. Show us in your word how much you love us. Let this be firm in our heart, Lord God. My God. My God, let this be firm in our heart. We love you, Daddy God. We bless you, Daddy God. Now, if you've not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I want to offer you that opportunity. I do not want you to walk away from this platform this morning and Jesus is not Lord and Savior over your life. And it's easier than you think. It begins with just the beginning of recognizing that you are a sinner in the need of your Savior. Can I tell you something? Without Jesus, I'd be a hot mess. Without Jesus, I could not know the love of my father. Without, without, without Jesus, I would not be able to walk and grow in grace. I had to surrender my life with Jesus. Well, Lakeisha, how do I know that Jesus is real? Baby, I'm the living witness. And the reason that I'm the living witness is because I could not love. I could not do this. I could not preach without Jesus. I could not walk. I, my life was on a trajectory, a place of selfishness. My God, when I began to, because, and I thought me being mean was my norm. When I began to fall in love with the father and when I began to understand who Jesus was, I was so full of compassion for people. I had so much understanding. That's what told me, you know what? Jesus is real. So all you got to do is ask him, come into my heart, take away my sins. And I promise to love and follow you the best as I can. Jesus, thank you for saving me. And Romans tell us he will no way cast you out. That's it. He will no way cast you out. That's it. Hey, one more thing. If God is just pause for a second. Father God, I thank you for the people. I thank you for the giving of your people. If in any way the Lord puts it on your heart to partner with this ministry, go, go over to the website, click the link, donation, <laughs> right? You can see all the way what we do. You can see Feed the Streets, right? That's LakeishaMJohnson.com. You can see Feed the Streets. You can see all the way that we serve our community. You can see Drew Project. You can see all this, all these different things, the way we do. Consider becoming a monthly partner with us. Consider giving a one-time donation. Whatever the Lord says to you, let him speak to your heart. Don't quench him. And you'll find all the ways that we serve this community. I love you so much. But more than anything, God loves you. I pray today you get a revelation of how real God is and how much he loves you. And I'll see you back here in the morning at 5 a.m. Invite somebody in. Say, look, I want you to come and join conversations with me. My God, invite somebody in. Connect to us. Feed the Streets is October the 3rd. We would love for you to come serve with us on Feed the Streets. I would love for you. My God, I thank you, Father God, for your word today. I thank you, Father God, for... Just blessings and increase and favor. We love you so in Jesus' name. Back here in the morning, do me a favor. Go be loved today. Go be loved. Let someone else experience the love of God through you. Love. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.